0: Hello and welcome to Feminist Fridays, your weekly intersectional dose of self empowerment and equality. I'm your host, Sarah Liberty, coming to your airwaves from Sydney. And this week we have a guest called Ashley Hunt, who heads up the communications for Just Social. Australia's first federal NGO dedicated to promoting online human rights. Ashley is going to talk about how Just Social has launched Australia's first online code of conduct, which is gaining major national momentum from diverse supporters and signatories, and why Just Social believes this code is needed. But before we hear from Ashley, I'd like to kick off with a track by Sincane called Telephone, and this is The Roosevelt Remix, because we're going to have Ashley on the phone very soon. Welcome to Feminist Fridays. Hey Sarah, thanks for having me. (laughs) I'd like to start by asking where you grew up and what some of your early influences were. Your work is now very focused on the online and tech realm. Was your first experience of using computers and the internet like mine, the dial-up situation?
1: It most certainly was. (laughs) I remember the days well. Um, So I grew up in Sydney. I um, am one of four kids and I remember us when we first got our very first computer and all taking turns using it Um, and I remember that sound of the dial-up internet going, which makes me laugh now when I think about
0: it. It's
1: unforgettable. (laughs) it really is it's funny though because that seemed like such a balanced way to use the internet now upon reflection Mm. having to take turns and be really considered about how you use it because I'm sure you'll know what I mean when I say that these days it's more of a subconscious thing you know checking your phone without even realizing it now with facial recognition, not even having to put in a pin and within half a second, you've subconsciously opened Instagram without even knowing that that was what you wanted to do.
0: That is so true. I didn't know you are one of four. I'm one of three. And we also had to take turns, but I always got to be the first because I was the oldest. So,
1: <laughs> so funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we definitely had dial up. So before we get on to talking about your current role working at just social, I'd like to ask about your career journey into media and digital marketing. What drew you into this path? Well,
1: say I pretty much stumbled into media and digital marketing and PR. Um, it definitely wasn't something that I planned to do when I was younger. I actually studied international studies when I was at uni Mm -hmm. um, and I spent a lot of time abroad and I spent a lot of time volunteering and I actually went to start my master's in development studies and that was very much what I kind of saw myself doing in the future. Um, But I actually found it really overwhelming at first to commit to my master's. I was still really young at the time, you know, I was 21 and I wasn't 100% sure of what I was doing or where I was going. Um, so I took time off, I dropped out of my masters and I started a blog, uh, which was a really big risk at the time, you know, when you're 21 and you think that you need to make all of the decisions (laughs) and, you know, society puts that pressure on you as well. Um, but I just felt in my heart, that this is what I wanted to do. And I, I, started a blog. I absolutely loved it. And it was from that, that I started to get a whole lot of other opportunities I began working as a freelance writer. I wrote for a bunch of different publications. And then I actually um, was put into contact with a PR agency who had seen some of my articles and um, they liked the articles that I'd written and they asked me to come and work with them. It's really fascinating. And I... Have worked in you know various different PR agencies, both in um, Sydney and over in London as well. And I've worked in in-house communications roles as well. And I absolutely love it. I love what I do. I loved it from the first moment that I started. So I feel very lucky to be doing what I'm doing.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. It's so interesting that you started going down the inter- international relations. Slash development path. It's kind of like the reverse of what I did. I went straight into communications and then went down the international relations, human rights development. How can I be humanitarian, make a difference path? Um, But we've sort of intersected, I think. Um, It's almost
1: like we've come full circle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. So, Tell us about Just Social. I know this organisation exists to promote awareness of human rights online and to prevent and to control harmful behaviour online in Australia. And the vision is to ensure that the internet is universally accessible, inclusive, and safe so that diverse Australians can use it for connection with each other and the global community. What are some of the issues, topics or concerns that you're noticing as an organisation?
1: Yeah, so you've summarised that really well. Um, In what we do, there are a few issues that are constant, I would say, um, that are kind of always on our radar and then there'd be others that would come up depending on what's happening in the world or what's in the news. Um, So I guess first and foremost, the main issue that we have is that people don't actually realise that they have online human rights,
2: mm-hmm. let
1: alone understanding what those rights might be. Mm-hmm. So in saying that, we are running a poll at the moment to find out how many people are aware of what their human rights are online. Um, we're suspecting that the number is going to be quite high, um, but we're really looking forward to finding out exactly what the percentage is.
2: Mm-hmm. Another
1: concern of about- create a digital landscape where everyone feels welcome and included. Um, I feel personally that this is not the case across the board online at the moment. And we really wanna help people understand how they can protect themselves online, you know, whether that might be from trolling or privacy violations or whatever it might be. And then at the moment, we're talking a lot about healthy social media use particularly on the back of it was a tragic death of a 12-year-old Joshua Haley assist, um, who died after participating in a TikTok challenge. I don't know if you've heard of this before, this blackout challenge. Some of your listeners might not know exactly what it is, but it's essentially this trend of filming yourself blacking out on camera and sharing that online. Um, So it's an extremely dangerous trend um, and a trend that's actually taken the lives of quite a few children and teenagers, which is really, really bad. Um, So these are the kind of issues that we try to raise awareness around, um, as well as educating parents on how to ensure that their kids can remain safe online. That's always a big part of our agenda as well. And then I guess something that we're always coming back to is how to promote a healthy balance. So as much as we understand that social media and the internet is super important to most of our modern lives, it dictates so much of what we do. It's often a huge part of our work um, and also how we connect with our loved ones. But we're always reminding people how important it is to disconnect and create that Healthy balance as
0: well. It certainly was tragic to learn about that death relating to the TikTok blackout challenge. And, you know, my hope is that it doesn't become a viral trend in Australia after what's happened. Mm -hmm. And, but I think it's really, you know, it's in some ways it's quite easy to point a finger at whoever started it as perpetrator and blame them. Where I think as, as you know, a society and governments, law enforcement, everyone that's involved in internet governance needs to think about, well, what's causing people to do these sorts of things in the first place? Is it because they feel self-conscious about popularity? Is it peer pressure? You know, I think we need to really take a step back and not place blame on individuals but also really consider that at the societal level and I think that's what Just Social is trying to do, is trying to promote as well. Absolutely.
1: That is spot on. And there's so many different factors to take into consideration here, like you said, Um, and again, not just blaming the person who started the trend and even not just blaming the social media platform that enabled this to happen. No. We actually at the Social want to work really closely with their tech platforms. And we know that a lot of them are doing some really great things to stop this kind of behavior online. TikTok, for example, have banned the hashtag. If you tried to search it, you know, you wouldn't come up with anything. In fact, if you search some related hashtags, You'll even be presented with some resources for mental health and other things like that. So it's we, we very much feel like it's our role to have an open dialogue with these platforms and um, mm-hmm. to work with them rather than against them.
0: Absolutely. I believe collective action and diplomatic action is the only way that, you know, we're going to have an internet that is truly inclusive and hopefully safe and freely accessible for everyone. You know, that's, you know, that's a goal I think that we share. Let's talk about Just Social's online code of conduct. What was the motivation behind developing this and what does the code entail?
1: comes down to a few things. I think once you see the stats on the kind of negative experiences that people are having online, that could be, you know, a big reason why we wanted to do something like this. So 67% of Australian adults have had a negative experience online. And this is anything from scams or viruses to hate speech, um, threats or even abuse. And then really worryingly, 30% of women aged between 18 and 55 have said that they've experienced online abuse or harassment. So these stats are just, you know, way too high. Mm. And the general sentiment is that, you know, what is being done about this? And, you know, where can people go for help if they fall into these categories? So that's where the online code of conduct comes in. Uh, And it's a way of acknowledging that, you know, a business or an individual is actively promoting a healthy online environment. Mm -hmm. It's aiming to increase trust in online platforms um, and it's promoting transparency, accountability um, and, you know, effectiveness of online platforms as well. So everybody that signs these platforms, they're um, basically saying to the world that, you know, they take this seriously.
0: Well, you sort of already touched on this, but why does Just Social believe that a code of conduct is needed?
1: Yeah, so I guess it essentially comes down to businesses wanting to show that they're committed to good digital citizenship Mm. Um, and to date there hasn't really been a way of doing that. So the code of conduct allows them to declared to the world that they're doing this, that they are committed to good digital citizenship.
0: And if you don't mind, if you could give us a brief outline, what is a good digital citizen?
1: Digital citizenship is a term that we use. Um, It's been endorsed by UNESCO and essentially, you know, without getting too technical, being a good digital citizen means that you're aware of your digital footprint and that you are actively going about your business responsibly online. Mm. You're being fair and treating others with dignity um, in all of your online interactions. Really happy to see the Code of Conduct gaining momentum across Australia. Um, we've got a lot of national stakeholders, and more and more signatories from around the country signing up every day. Um, and I think something that's come out of it that's been really great for us as well is that we've been able to start some very important conversations in the media too. i mm. are really proud of the media coverage we've been able to gain um, just to get people starting to talk about this, starting to talk about good digital citizenship, starting to talk about online human rights and letting people know that they have online human rights.
2: Mm.
0: So thinking about the Code of Conduct, Do you think that the Australian government is doing enough to promote awareness of people's online human rights and the concept of good digital citizenship? Personally, I
1: think the fact that so many people out there, like we've just said, are still confused about what their rights are online, shows me that the government isn't really doing enough you know, the fact that people don't know what it means to be a good digital citizen um, is concerning, hmm. in my opinion. Uh, a clear example of this is, you know, for example, something that we try to educate people on a lot is that, you know, if you are the victim of online abuse, it, it shouldn't be up to the individual to have to deal with it on their own and to have to report it. So very much our opinion at Social, that if you if more people knew and understood their online rights, and if they knew what was expected of them, and if they went out and acted in a way that was responsible and re- respectful online, then we would be preventing harm from occurring in the first place. So that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest goals that we have, uh, and we definitely you know are doing our best to keep the government um, and the e safety commissioner. Um, accountable for you know helping us to be able to do this
0: so one thing that just social strongly promotes is tech life balance and i understand that meditation is a passion of yours and something that you have experienced in coaching is that part of your tech life balance approach Really is
1: meditation. um, It's really important to me. So when I'm not working in media, if I'm not working at Just Social, then I'm teaching meditation. So I learned to meditate as a teenager, and honestly, I just think it's the only reason that I'm able to survive and thrive, you know, in a modern world because. These days, it's so easy to become overwhelmed by technology and social media. And I really find that it's my meditation practice that brings me back down to earth, You know, even when things are becoming really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even to think that a lot of people these days struggle to be without their phone, you know, constantly in any kind of silence, whether it's waiting for a coffee or if they're out with a friend who goes up to use the bathroom. You know, immediately checking your phone, immediately it's scrolling, watching videos or texting. And when you have a meditation practice, you actually learn to be still and you learn to do nothing and and to be okay with that, you know, to be alone with your thoughts, to have no distraction. And I know that that probably seems a really strange concept in today's extremely fast paced world. Mm honestly bring such a sense of peace um, that I love sharing with people and I love teaching other people and helping them sort of bring that to their daily life as well.
0: Yes. I mean, stillness is something that I definitely <laughs> struggle with, but I'm also conscious of. So I do, uh, you know, make a conscious decision to unplug And I have days of the week where I'm just like, nope, no technology today, or no checking my phone today. Today is just a me day. Um, I I carve out time. Great idea. Yeah,
1: and it's so important to have that downtime and to, you know, even like challenge yourself each week. Can you get that screen time, you know, down a little bit more? Because even being aware of it, that's so something that meditation does is it creates this self-awareness. Again, as I was saying, these days how you can just open your phone and check Instagram without even realizing that that's what you're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Meditation adds a level of self-awareness so you're able to do those things less and you're able to become aware of your social media and tech use and just look at it objectively and say, is this serving me? Is this allowing me to you know, get to where I want to be and do the things I want to do.
0: Mm. The next question is, as this is a feminist segment, how has feminism been a part of your journey? And just to be clear, I'm an intersectional feminist. So I believe feminism is about equality for all, not just women's rights
1: for a really long time. I'm sure, Sarah, it's part of the reason why you and I have always gone along so well and why we've been in each other's lives, you know, in some way or another for such a long time because we really do have similar values. Mm. Um, I completely agree with you um, and I'm a strong advocate for intersectional feminism because I think that white feminism or what it became um, has really let down a lot of people and minorities over time. Although I feel like it's changing now which is great more and more people are identifying as intersectional feminists and even in a in a more general sense the term feminist is becoming you know less taboo
2: mm.
1: I've really referred to myself as a feminist for a very long time and I remember the the looks and the responses I used to get back in the day by openly declaring myself as a feminist um Whereas these days it just, you know, seems a whole lot more normal and accepted, which, you know, it's ridiculous that it took until 2021 to get to this point. But even then, there's so far to go. We know everything, obviously, that's happening in Australia at the moment. Um, In the wake of the Me Too movement, Mm. we'll have so far to go, but I definitely see it as a core part of who I am. Um, and my values to continue fight for equality for everyone, um, and as part of intersectional feminism.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it just comes back to human rights, essentially. But I exactly. had a, a really interesting conversation with my hair colorist. I have a whole hair and beauty entourage. I will <laughs> confess, but this is secret to always looking so great. <laughs> So finally Ashley where can our listeners find Just Social follow Just Social and support the work that you're doing so feel free to plug your website and social media profiles here
1: I'd love for people to go and visit the Just Social website so it's justsocial with an e on the end .org And on the website, you can look at the code of conduct, you can start understanding your rights, and you can read our blog. Um, We're also on Twitter and Instagram as Just Social, Just Social with an E, and then on Facebook as Just Social Australia. Um, And if you are coming for us to have a look at us on social media, please follow the link to complete the poll. It's just one question and it's only going to take about five seconds, but it would really help the work that we're doing, so we'd really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Ashley, for taking the time this afternoon to share a bit about your background and to talk about the Code of Conduct and Just Social's work. Um, It's been a pleasure having you on Feminist Fridays. So thank you again and have a wonderful weekend.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah. Have a great weekend.
0: Well, that has been another fabulous episode of Feminist Fridays for this week. But before you think about sashaying away, I'm going to serve you with a new song that'll get you working and twerking by RuPaul. It's called New Friends Silver, Old Friends Gold because here at Feminist Fridays, we're all about making friends.